Growing up, my mom was an English teacher. We read a lot of books. And uh, my favorite book was The Little Engine That Could. So let's talk about The Little Engine this episode. The use of self as a therapist, that is really what drives the EFT process. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Yeah, uh, maybe this 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 episode maybe skews this way because I appreciate you know Ryan as a friend and colleague, just really helping me to recognize that this is kind of like a place where it, all of us have a way where we do EFT from it can feel like a different pocket or a different way. Uh, use of self is my one of my default go to places uh, to use in in the model, um, and that really works for me. And so. I want to use this today. What we're going to be talking about is how to use you as a tool in the room. Like so many times we could look for, give me another intervention, give me more language, and that matters, or a new model or whatever, or a new book. But I think sometimes what we've we've made the mistake, we overlook the most valuable tool in the process, and that's you as a therapist. Yeah, therapists can sometimes be like that little engine. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember the story, <laughs> which might... Uh, it might speak to my comprehension problems. Uh, let's just don't tell my mom. But it had something to do with that little engine not believing that it could and then figuring out that it could. And uh, us therapists are like that a lot of times. We want something fancy. We want this fancy intervention. You know, I won't mention other models, but they have fancy interventions in therapy. Like, okay, I can trust that, which means I don't really trust me. Mm. I don't really re- trust that that I have the juice here to get this done, which then puts you in your protection mode automatically. So self is uh, uh, such a huge piece of this. We take a little bit of criticism, not too much, a little bit of criticism uh, at successandvulnerability.com, which we'd love to have you visit us there and on our podcast, because we try to make, we try to make EFT as clear as possible. We try to be a little bit um, or more than a little bit clarifying of the tactics um, and, and so that can come across like it's some kind of new model. It's like, no, 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 we're not doing anything new. We're actually trying to have bridges of clarity so that you can use self more. Mm. And let's be clear, the, the self of the therapist is, is really what made EFT EFT. From Sue through down through the, you know, the original people on the team, Allison Lee, Gail Palmer, into that second generation of trainers early on, which are now a lot of names, and third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation of trainers, you know, to, to a fault almost. A lot of times, uh, trainers, myself included at times, we are operating so much from, from using self, we don't even know what we just did. And someone has to help us with that. And that's, you know, good and bad because that makes it hard to replicate. And then if we're not careful, that makes this a guru kind of thing. We're like, ooh, the trainer or whoever is the cool person, the rest of us suck. And, you know, that's not good. That's right. And it's not true. That's right. And uh, But let's be clear, the self is the really the engine of EFT, uh, meaning the therapist has an attachment system 
And, and in that attachment system, it's the most natural thing in the world to, to, to proximity seek and create secure bonding. So left unblocked, your body will take you home, so to speak. And, and, and that, you know, you need to learn the, the model and learn the map so that you can forget it. And then what you want to do is then let the, the, the vibe and the, and the attunement in the moment activate what needs to happen when. But this is very instinctual. It's, it's supposed to be instinctual. So I, I certainly wouldn't want our projects to come across otherwise. What I find, though, is if you can't hold on through some blocks and through some protection moves, you don't get to use those beautiful instincts. But mm -hmm. I also want to be clear, it actually is the instincts that your body lets you know that, you know, when I feel it, it is when it's time to go. That's what Gail Halkel Palmer answers that question. How do you know when it's deep enough? Listen to your body. Does it move you? Well, not really. Okay, then stay there longer. You know, but if it breaks your heart, that's your body saying, here we go. Mm -hmm. It's time to help this go help this person go find their herd again. And and so so this your your sensations, your emotional system, your instincts are really the the driving engine of this whole thing. Man. Thank you, Ryan. Um and I want to come into that. I like that phrase. If left unblocked, your instincts, this kind of your attunement can take you on home. I think that's true. I think, you know, when I think about people that struggle sometimes with whether learning EFT or being able to get certified in EFT, it's not that they're not smart people. They are smart. They've got everyone. They've all got graduate level education. Right. So they've proven that they have academic aptitude, ability to learn something and complicated things where it is. It's when they get into that distress at times, um, they lose access to self or even. Sometimes, and I like what you were saying, Ryan, we don't always do a good job of training people to use self. Um, so much so to like shameless plug here. That's why Chad M. Hoff and I are doing like the self of the therapist. We're not trying to invite, this is not a self of the therapist focused on, let's go back to your childhood trauma and Chad and I are going to be your group therapist and walk you through it. No, our, the basis of our model of our, what we do in our training, which it is coming up on August 17th and 18th, but the basis of it is is just helping therapists learn what happens to them in crucial moments of therapy, what happens inside their body, and how can they, our, our term is to be able to say, I got this, and get themselves back on track is what we're trying to do. So did you have something there, Ryan? No, I'm just going to agree. And, you know, protection in all its forms, it, it always makes sense. It's just human to protect yourself and or protect the relationship. You got two clients and a therapist all in protection mode. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when sessions are going bad. There we go. There's nothing else. All right. All the chaos, all the escalation. It's just manifestations that my, you know, pick a word here, my pursuer is in protection mode. My withdrawer is in protection mode. And I'm also might be in my protection mode. So it's a great thing that you, what you and Chad are doing. I highly encourage you to check out that work because that's one of the things that they do mm -hmm. is to, is to encourage and organize how your protection system comes online, how, why, exactly, yeah. how to notice it, um, how to intervene with it. 
kind of a parallel process to what we're doing. With and how to use it, not to shame it either. Your protection came online because something triggered it in the, the, the right, you with Ryan's vivid somatic trigger. Something happened in that room that your attachment said, your attachment system said, danger, danger, danger. Pay attention to it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so what we're going to do, let's take a break, and we're going to come back and kind of go maybe get a little bit more practical with talking about this using yourself as a therapist. You are invited to the Arkansas EFT externship July 25th through the 28th here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you'd like to register, you can go to ArkansasEFT.com. Yeah, we would love to have you. We always encourage people to train in their local areas. That's our first first priority, our first choice. But we would love it if you consider training with us as your second choice. Maybe you've not done an, an externship yet, and uh, we'd love to host you here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, and if also, if you have done an externship and maybe you want to review and, and repeat, we offer 25% off of the professional rate for repeaters for externship. And uh, externships are great everywhere. The trainers do an amazing job. We're, I'm a little partial to the ones uh, at home. Uh, this is a family reunion. Our supervisors and facilitators are some of the most caring, safe people on the planet. And uh, this is kind of the mothership, by the way, uh, of the origin in some ways of, of this podcast, successandvulnerability.com. This is where we develop some of our material. So we would love to have you join us in Fayetteville, Arkansas for the EFT externship. Yeah, and I just like to talk about like kind of how externship uh, made a difference for me. You know, I have been a practicing clinician for a while. I had read about EFT. But I'll tell you this, reading about EFT and, you know, taking like one-off courses, you know, in some kind of offshoot, you know, programs here and there, it was not the same as going to an externship at all by any means. Um, For four intensive days, sitting not only with like George and Ryan were the ones that led mine, but also, you're right, our community. So George and Ryan did a really good job of making it experiential, practical. And then with the facilitators, I got to hear different styles, different voices, different types of presence in the room. So what it did for me, I felt like it really helped rejuvenate my career. I think it added a few more years to my to my career because things got clearer. It made sense of the difficulty I was facing. And it wasn't because, you know, as I was joking, you know, we are in a self of the therapist training and the, the therapist said, all roads always lead to I suck. I found out it's not because I suck all the time. It's because people in emotional relational distress just get really, the mistrust can take over and they get stuck. And that's where we get paid to help them at. So um, so I just would say, man, if you want to have a good time doing something that's hard with a bunch of people who are willing to do something hard with you, come to Arkansas EFT externship July 25th through the 28th. Yeah, consider coming and training with uh, George Fowler and myself. We're hoping that I think James is on the road, but we're hoping that we can uh, arm wrestle him a little bit and get him to come make a cameo with us as well. So come join us. It'll be lots of fun. All right. Well, welcome back. So what, this is what Ryan and I are going to do. We figure we're talking about this use of self thing. Well, we're asking for some vulnerability from you to do that. So we want to lead out with some vulnerability here, kind of sharing our process about um, using ourselves. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm going to throw it on to Ryan first here because he told a story one time. I can't remember if it was an externship or core skills now that really it's always stuck with me about, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't even lead into I'll let Ryan tell it. <laughs> Did y'all see what just happened? Yeah. I'm a good withdrawal move, buddy. <laughs> good withdrawal move. That was an object lesson uh-huh. for the listeners. Nice job, James. You're like, we're going to be vulnerable, but Ryan's going to go first. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Now, a quick story. I think I've said this on this podcast before, but it won't hurt to say it again. 
True story. Uh, I, you know, I, I really admire a lot of the trainer team. Uh, too many to name. Love them and admire them. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Gail Palmer for whatever reason. <clears throat> Probably because she can do something that I really can't do. You know how the point guard always wants to be the center and the yeah. center wants to be the point guard. She, she's really introverted, um, and, and, but somehow doesn't lose focus. And I just, this point in my career, I don't have the ability to do it. So anyway, I'm a new trainer. I'm trainer in training, the intimidating process of, of trying to get um, not only to be good at EFT, but to be um, extreme, sort of extreme levels of, I had to cough. That's what happened right there. Anyway, so we're so when you're a trainer in training, you have to do a live demonstration in front of a group, and then uh, at least at that point, Sue Johnson herself had to watch it and sort of graduate you. And, and her standards are not low, so it's sort of terrifying anyway. So you know, I'm just preparing. You know, back when I did probably a little more preparing than I do now for live demonstrations, and uh, I go in. Some good stuff happened. I kind of lost attunement. I kind of got a little disoriented. We, we probably completed a mission. You know, it was good for the relationship, for the couple. They, they benefited them. But it wasn't, it wasn't near the standard that I want to have happen. And uh, afterwards, Jim Farrell was there. He was watching me. And he was, he's a mentor of mine. Still is, really. But was an official mentor at that point. And uh, he, he was nice. He's like, hey, you did some good things there, you think? And I'm like, eh, uh, <laughs> eh, I didn't die. That's good. Um, and he's like, no, no, it's good. And he's like, hey, tell me, tell me what you were trying to do right there. And I'm like, honestly, man, I was trying to not use so many words. I was trying to do it more like a Gail Palmer style where she just sort of internally processes and waits until this beautiful moment and just jumps in that keeps it on track. And I was just trying to use less words. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of professors around the country teach that in therapy, which I think is a bit dangerous. So anyway, I said to him, I was trying to be like Gail. I was trying to use less words. And Jim, who really doesn't respond this way very often, says, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he goes, look, man, here's the deal. This is about attunement. So you got to do what you do to get into attunement. You got to be more fully you. And, and I think that's true at multiple levels, by the way, which we can come back to. But he goes, I notice how you are around the refreshment thing, which he may have been commenting on how much I eat at trainings. I don't know. <laughs> but he's like, you use a lot of words. You use a lot of humor. You're a really playful guy. And that's what you do to connect with people. So I got to see that in your sessions. You can't, you're not Gail. You can't be Gail. Quit trying to be Gail. You got to be more fully Ryan. And that was a good lesson for me. And, and everything I'm saying is just as true for you. And I, I'm not a fan of trying to manipulate how many words you use. That's why I think you want me to share a little more, James? You can't. Well, I guess I don't want to. I, since I put you on the spot and put your vulnerability, I'm supposed to join you now. So, I don't know. All right. So I think mine really comes in this way where I put myself in why this matters to me. You can get so caught up in trying to, and I will, I'll get so outcome based and then, or either like perception of the client of me or definitely as a trainer, perception of the group of me. And that would then take away the style of how James shows up. I'll never forget me, Ryan and I were in Memphis and uh, I go down and meet Ryan in the lobby and we're just kind of talking and he, and you had to remind me of like, Hey, James, and you kind of gave me the same Jim Furrow talk, like, you know. 
when you're just kind of hanging with people, you're just kind of really relaxed, James. You're just kind of smooth and you're just kind of mellow. Like, I just need you for to go in there in the first part of this live. I just need you to be that James. And then just whatever happens next. But for 20 minutes, can you just let James be in the room? And I was like, whoa, that was big. And now I think why that matters to me is, I mean, that's a rule for life, really, is to show up with the best parts of me, not only in my therapy room, but with my own wife and with my girls and with my community and with my colleagues here. Is And also, you know, when I'm in the therapy room, you know, my clients didn't just pay for an expert. They paid for James in a way, right, and who he is and the style that he brings. And so that's just been a huge part for me. And I, I can see my work has grown exponentially now, my level of attunement. And even when I get lost, I love telling people in the group, like when I do lives, I was like, when after in this live, I'm going to get lost, but I'm going to tell you when I get lost. You know, when we come back out, I'll tell you when I got lost and how I got it back. I just feel like the game is so much more open for me now that I can trust my instincts. I don't know. So that's big to say. And I had, I'll just tell this, like a great group out in North Carolina that works with Dr. Lori Watson, the Awakenings, great group of therapists out there. Um, and they just, these therapists, I appreciate their vulnerability, Ryan. When I told them that they could use themselves in the therapy process and that I, like there was this live I did there and the guys, he touched me and I almost began to weep with him, right? Like a tear came in my eye in the live, which is not normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they were like, they started crying, right? Like, mm-hmm. no one ever told us that we could use ourselves in the therapy mm-hmm. room. And that feels so good to me mm-hmm. to know that I can use myself. And by the way, and it touched my heart that it was, it was three black women mm-hmm. that saying, like, I, I am so touched to know I can use myself in the therapy mm-hmm. room anyway. Not just that you can, you have to. That's right. EFT really won't work without this. Now you don't, it doesn't mean you have to have tons of tears all the time. People mm-hmm. have different ways of being with people. But if you're like trying to control yourself too much, for sure, I can I can live with if you're actually trying to control your clients. And what I mean by that is, you got to have some, you got to be willing to be the stronger, wiser other when things are going sideways. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't have tons of self control. You got to let it go. That's right. You got to bring it forward. You know. So I used to be a coach, and uh, so we would recruit players. And uh, it doesn't matter what sport, baseball, but it doesn't make any difference. It'd be the same to anything. And uh, they would say, hey, coach, you know, here's my stats. And that was virtually worthless to me because I didn't really want to know how good of a player you were when things were going your way or when you're playing competition that wasn't that good. I want to know what kind of player you are when the chips are down and the pressure's on and you're behind, and you feel like you're failing because that's who you really are. I hate to say that. I wish that wasn't true, but it is true, and, this, and, and for therapists as well. So self-therapist-wise, for me, um, you know, in my, in my personal relationships, I've spent a, f- a significant amount of time um, as a withdrawer and, and, and as a pursuer, a lot, actually, mm. Um, which, you know, I think sometimes it changes a little bit with age and how your relationship's going, but I've been both. Um, but for me, when the chips are down, when chaos is there, I can be a little confrontational. And so that, that's something I've had to notice because I'm actually not a confrontational person. I do not want to fight you. I don't want to argue. You know, I live in the South. Someone starts talking about religion or theology. I mean, I get sleepy. <laughs> Even though I care about that, I don't want to fight with you. It's that's tiring for me. So that's a little withdrawer that comes out. 
but I also have, have experiences in my life, especially around um, in sports, which is, you know, that when, when the game's on the line, you know, sometimes you, 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 you know, I'm thinking about high football now, you know, you, you accelerate and you create contact and, and that makes a difference. And I'm not a violent person at all. never even been in a fight. But I notice uh, under, under a lot of pressure, I'll start kind of pointing out what you're doing wrong. And, and you know, that's, that's something I have to pay attention to. And I'm not even saying that's bad all the time. Sometimes, because uh, I'm always trying to frame the cycle as the enemy. Mm-hmm. But I'm also trying, I will point out that, hey, this behavior, while it makes sense, you will not get better. Like, that's not possible. You know, so I start pointing that out and I start going, hmm. That's that's a strong response, right? Are you are you playing football right now? Or are you uh, <laughs> are you an EFT? So that's me being transparent mm-hmm. uh, of what happens for me when the chips are down, when the chaos is going on, when when we're behind. I tend to accelerate in one way or another mm-hmm. to try to get us back on track, perhaps for better or for worse. What do you do, James? No, one hundred percent. If I feel like the session is slipping, my go to is I will try and coach you up. And like kind of get you to do this thing because I'm really what I'm trying to do is protect what I felt like is the good work I've been trying to do. <laughs> or come on, man, don't let this thing go south. I almost like start fighting for I almost start fighting for my client more than they're fighting for themselves. Like, come on, I want you to have a good day when you go home. Just finish the mission here. Please respond. Please respond. Or, you know, or I could go toward I can go against the pursuer sometime like. You know, I'm getting you to share this. Please don't be critical. And like, even if they like trying to fix their words for them and that kind of thing, I'm like, wait a minute, James, you just got upregulated right there. And that's that part of me. I think that is the pers- the withdrawal part of me of I want to perform well, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. And not really, and wanting them to stay in a positive place. Yeah. And what happens on the inside of you in that place? Like, what, what's oh. what interstate drives that to to talk them into it? Ooh, anxiousness. Mm-hmm. I feel anxiousness just begin to like burn and get warm inside my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can even feel it right now. Uh-huh, 100%. Where is, where is it in your body? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit over to the right. <laughs> in your chest? Yes, it you is. You pointed to your chest. Yes, I sure you did. couldn't see that. All right, so you catch some kind of signal mm-hmm. that the session's going off track. What What is that signal? Oh man, I could just see like the other partner, like they just get deflated. Like they're, it's like the one that the one that picks out the most is like their eye rolls and they just throw their head back and their oh. hands go up. So when a client becomes exasperated, mm-hmm. almost like mocking the process, yep, your body picks up on that, yep, because it sends you the message that what you are failing, James. Oh. We paid you to do this and you're getting nowhere. Yeah. And James don't like to fail. Nope. <laughs> Ryan doesn't either. Mm-hmm. We probably needed some group therapy on that. Uh-huh. All right. So you see them be exasperated, mm-hmm. annoyed with the pro or mocking with the process. No, that annoyed is a good word. That's yeah. not annoyed. All right. When your client's annoyed. Uh-huh. All right. Your body really activates. Because, 100%. Because that sends you the message which says, you know, James is failing. Mm-hmm. You're not good at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the inside of you, it's a very anxious place. 100%. And, and your body starts to speed up. Yep. You feel it on the right side of your chest. Yep. It's like moving up in my vocal cords now. Mm-hmm. And and what do you find yourself doing from that place? Trying to really lean in and give some assurance, put a positive spin even on what feels like negative words. I'm trying to rescue the situation. Yeah. And all that makes sense, man. Um, and... How, what's the result of that? How does that land on your uh, 
on your clients? I miss the tune. Oh, okay. I miss the tune. I can feel it. Like I'm, you know, there are some times like maybe I can, I feel like it's like I'm digging myself out of the grave in a way, but it misses the tunes, man. And then if I feel incongruent, like, why did you do that, James? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? That, oh, gosh, now you need to apologize for that. Okay. Why couldn't you just apologize and say, hey, I, I missed something there. Can we go back? Okay. Feels incongruent. You almost feel guilty. Yeah. Kind of mad at yourself. Yes. And and I'm, well, that's impressive that you, that one of your action tendencies right there is to apologize. Is that is that because you're just like this great person or because you were trained to do it that way? Trained. I had to train my limbic system. Like, in, like that was because almost if I have to apologize – then that really means I'm failing. Yeah. Uh-oh, I messed up. It's like a doctor saying like, hey, I was supposed to cut off the right leg, but while you were under anesthesia, I took the left. Mm-hmm. And it's embarrassing. But being able to apologize, it feels like, for me, it took a lot of trust mm-hmm. that I don't kind of lose credibility mm-hmm. by doing that. Actually, and now being able to take that risk, you're like, oh, you actually gain credibility, which has mm-hmm. kind of blown my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Well, I hope the listeners identified what we just did right there. Uh-huh. That's me doing an assembly. That's right. Uh, with James's um, instinct, when things go off rails in uh, in session, I ha- would highly encourage you with somebody else to 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 a do your own assembly, or attend James and Chad's training in August. Well, they're going to do a lot more of that and, and more specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One hundred percent. Man, you got me to be really vulnerable there. You paid me back for you going first. I did. Yeah, I did. You want to do mine? Sure. All right. Okay, let's do that. Okay. So, Ryan, help me understand here. You know, you might be going along in session. You started off kind of smooth, but kind of like help me know, like, what is it at a moment that where things shift and Ryan's like, uh-oh, I'm, it ain't going so good here. Like, yeah. what is the first thing Ryan notices? Yeah. Well, I would first just say that's changed over the years. Okay. You know, there, there was a period of time. I mean, I taught my first course on EFT in 04. And then I got serious about it in 09 and so forth. But there was a time when lots of blocks would really irritate me. Mm. I finally got myself to where I see that coming most of the time. So it doesn't bother me. Okay. What I find that happens, um, there's several things, but but w- the, the most prominent one mm-hmm is when someone is very sarcastic towards their partner. Uh, like that activates my body. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like so, Ed's like they're stupid. This is idiots, you know, or, or whether they're actually using those words or whether you can feel that in the room. Okay. So yeah. that's the thing that gets Ryan going when there's that edge of sarcasm mm-hmm. that sends a message. What's, and what is the message that sends you when you hear that edge of sarcasm? Yeah. Not, not dissimilar from you, um, that I'm failing or about to mm-hmm. fail. I think more specifically, though, there were, so, someone's about to be really injured, uh, right? And okay. and the process is not going to work. And, you know, a little bit of sense of, Ryan, you're stupid. You know, so kind of a combination of three or four of those attachment messages okay. yeah, that I take in. Well, I appreciate that about you, Ryan, because one thing, if y'all don't know Ryan, he doesn't want to fight, but Ryan will protect. He mm-hmm. will protect people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of even the first one that hits you when I ask about the messages, mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect people here. Mm-hmm. And then right behind that now is it not only trying to protect the people that, you know, kind of hired Ryan to help them, then it sends a message that he's failing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes in this very veiled, sarcastic kind of way in a way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whew. And then when that hits you, though, and you get that message, mm-hmm. Ryan, what does that even kind of bring up in you right now as you even picture the edge of sarcasm? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely speed up. Um, okay. Definitely upper chest for me. Yeah, sort of. So some some anger. Hmm. I don't know if anger is a good word, but irritation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my body's saying do something and do it quickly uh-huh. to not let this bad thing continue to happen. Okay. And then probably some forms of fear underneath that of, of what if I don't or if it goes bad, you know, those sort of things. Yeah, no, I really appreciate yeah. that. Your body wants to speed up and get in there and take mm-hmm. care of it really quick because mm-hmm. you're afraid if I don't take care of this quick, something mm-hmm. bad could happen yep. there. And I've seen it happen. Uh, like a slot machine, just enough times to, to make you think it's going to happen again. There yeah. you go. And that's where it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's it's been reinforced enough in you to tell you like, hey, there is a danger here and you need to take mm-hmm. care of it, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just let this go by. Yep. Okay. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But can I stay there with you? Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's it's a little bit different now maybe, but, like, when you kind of feel that happen and that it starts happening in your chest mm-hmm. and you feel that part where you're speeding up there, what have you learned to do with that part of you now in that process when that sarcasm comes out? Oh, that was a different question I thought you were going to ask. Um, what have I learned to do now? Sorry, take your time, man. <laughs> you mean tell you what I used to do or do now or both? Uh, we'll go both. Okay. Like so, that. well, you already said it. I have my primary, I think my primary instinct in my whole life, I could be wrong because no one has real, no one's really self-aware. We like to pretend we are, Um, but it's protection. I have very strong, too strong protective instincts. Might be because most people in my family have a military history or something, but I definitely Mm. have that in me um, to be protective. And so what, what I would formerly, formerly, and still sometimes do, is is kind of not real direct, but, well, depends on how you define direct. <laughs> I would just point out hypocrisy. Okay. I would just say, you know, something like, yeah, that's totally awful what happens right there, and that's what they do, you know, just like you. <laughs> so kind of little, kind of a little barbed piece to say, okay. hey, back up a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're, you know. Your partner's just as stupid as you are. It's right. kind of how that comes across, even though mm-hmm. I don't believe anybody's stupid. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. what I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, with mixed results, I don't think that's necessarily horrible if you come back and repair. Yes, right. And I do think that sometimes people don't even know that they're doing it. And so sometimes some response, which which is sort of like pushes back is to awaken them can be a good thing. But I don't know that I, I would – it's not my preferred way to do it. 100%. Yeah, so now um, now I'm going to interrupt, and I'm going to – I know people hate hearing this, but I'm going to just really, really blame the cycle. Did it just happen? Hey, can you two notice what just happened? Your body almost came off the couch right there. Could you feel it speed up? Mm-hmm. You know, you were doing this great job of sharing with me and putting your – you know, more your authentic heart, and then something happened for you, and you sped up in the moment. Could you feel that? So mm-hmm. I try to go meta, try to go process, which actually helps me calm down as well. And I appreciate you doing that, though, Ryan. And that's the way to use you when it hits you because there is a protection that needs to happen there mm-hmm. for both of them. Mm-hmm. One, I can't let you keep using this edge of sarcasm, sending a horrible message to your partner who I've asked not to interrupt and sit over mm-hmm. there and let them keep getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. But also, I need to protect you. This is a line I've stole from Ryan because if they keep using the edge of sarcasm, 
if they care about their partner, they're going to feel a little bit bad about mm-hmm. that. So you got to jump in and not let them do that to themselves or to their partner. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate how you found a way to take your protective instinct and to use it in a way to help kind of keep the therapeutic process going. Yep. I appreciate the validation. You're welcome, Ryan. Yeah, man. And, you know, even as you see me and Ryan do that, well, our hope is is and maybe this this episode, like I, I, I like where it went, you know, it turned into like a really SOT, but also when that part of you gets triggered, how do you know how to use that part of you? Not shame it and make it go away. Because I need to be able to activate. I'm, you know, in my life, I'm a withdrawer. So I need some times where I do activate and want to move forward because there's a threat and I want to do something. Ryan needs to be able to have a way to respond when that sarcasm comes in and, and he wants to protect. He needs to have a move to use that because it didn't get triggered for no for no good reason. There's a real valid reason why it came up. It's just can he find a way to use it in a therapeutic way? And so we hope that you can study your process. No, another plug. I'll put the show no- in the show notes. But this is what me and Chad are going to spend two days going over with with therapists in some of the most critical parts of whether it's right in between enactments when a block comes up, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of scenarios. And we just keep running therapists through cycles. And what we, we joke is we want you to leave with a little notebook of saying, I studied my process and I'm more this is my playbook on me as a therapist. And it's not about your playbook for your client either. It's your playbook about you. Mm-hmm. So you how to know how to use you in certain situations and scenarios. Yeah, because EFT really doesn't make any sense without it. One hundred. It's, it's too experiential. It's too intuitive. And uh, I, I certainly want my therapist to fill out that notebook because because you can't bring your full self without it. So there's your plug. There you go. Thanks, man. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Thank you.